Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Good morning. It's Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. We're coming to you live from above the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17. All guests join us on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line, and that includes the heavyweight champion of the world, Tyson Fury. He'll be here in 10 minutes. But the operative word is Fury. I don't know how much uh, Fury he was experiencing last night, watching the Lakers back in the playoffs for the first time in seven years. Huge spot, clinched the number one seed. LeBron's first step to his 10th NBA Finals to burnish his legacy, as Jays called him, as the best player of all time. All of that was on the line, and then game time became dame time, and the Blazers win, and the Lakers are in a 1-0 hole game two tomorrow night, 9 Eastern on ESPN Key. No need to panic. No need to panic. It's one game. You got six more to go, right? You Lies. got you got you got action. All you got to do is go back to the drawing board, figure it out. You know, on the defensive side, you've got to figure out how to do something. Run somebody at somebody. I don't <laughs> do something. I don't, do I don't something. Care what there, you got to do? There's no Avery Bradley there, so that excuse is out the window. Caruso has to step up. Whoever you put in that spot has to figure out how to. And Dame's gonna get his regardless. I mean, we've obviously seen that. Since they've been in the bubble, he cooked the Lakers early in the year for 50 when we had Avery Bradley. But on the offensive side, we've got to get AD going. AD's got to take that big frame, get down on the blocks, take Carmelo 6'7", 6'7 and a half, and utilize his skill set in doing so. Now, he was at the free throw line a lot last night, but we need him to do more. We need him to finish. LeBron James obviously is LeBron. You can't say anything bad about that. Frank Vogel, defensively, I thought I would see something different uh, to match up against the guards in the backcourt for Portland, but we didn't, Jay Will. And, and it's not a panic time. You got a team that's nine in, that, that was nine-game nine run in the bubble. You knew exactly what they were trying to do and get to. They said, hey, if we get in this spot, we're going to push it to get to the playoffs. Dame Lillard, 100%. Well, the Lakers on the flip side had already clinched, so a little bit of me feels like that they kind of was a little rusty, so to speak. Weren't you the same person on the show yesterday when Jeff Van Gundy I, said that they were going to sweep the, yeah, I thought the, the Blazers? Broom, like, I, I thought, thought the, the broom, broom was, coming, was out. coming out along mm-hmm. with the dustpan. But now you're trying to give me reasons on why you're not worried. Well, I'm not worried because I got time. I don't think that the Lakers are going to go down 2-0. I don't. I didn't think they would go down 1-0, but I certainly don't think they're going down 2-0, Jay. Just don't think the Lakers are playoff ready, and it's not due to the mentality of LeBron James. He had a triple-double last night. He's always going to bring it. But you have to have more than LeBron James and Anthony Davis. You can't have J.R. Smith, you're one of your best three-point shooters, having a DMP. You can't have Deion Waiters, one of your best three-point shooters, only playing one minute. And here's the thing. Dame and CJ and Nurkic, these guys have been having a playoff mentality for the past nine games. I still have the Lakers winning this series, but this ultimately comes to the question I had the other day. How much gas do the Lakers have to use and does LeBron James have to use in order to beat this Blazers team? I see this going six or seven games. It's going to take a lot of energy out of LBJ. Well, look, LeBron's LeBron. He's going to always come with it. He's going to always use a lot of gas. There's no question. But to speak on the DMPs on on Waiters and Smith, they were basically brought there as bodies. Okay? They're defensive liabilities. They can shoot the ball and they can fill it up. But then if you put them on the floor – with the backcourt in Portland, you're going to get the same results basically at the end of the day. We've got we've to outscore them on the offensive end, 
you know, yes. Are you back two. to we? Because you said they a lot in the first two hours. Yeah, I'm back to we because you, okay. you got me you got me a little fired good, up right now. Good. No, because you're sitting up acting like it's over with. I didn't say it's over. I'm just saying you guys have a lot of concern. You guys aren't playing a typical eight seed. You're playing a is, team that got to the Western reason, Conference Championship is, is, last year. Do you believe in clinching too early because Milwaukee lost as well that clinched early? Do you believe in that? Two teams that coming into the playoffs was favored by a lot of people. Vegas had them up there once upon a time. Analysts had them there once upon a time. Do you believe that they clinched too early and they kind of got bored and lackadaisical at times and all of a sudden Orlando got Milwaukee and Portland got us to the point where we got to wake up now? No. Okay. No, I do not. I, I do, I, though. I, I think maybe a small percent of me does, maybe 5 to 10%. But I think you guys have personnel issues against this no, team. No, you, you I don't, do I don't think personnel your person, issues. You I don't do. Think, I don't think your personnel lines up with the style in which they play. You, the Lakers tried to play fast last night, which was shocking to me. I thought they would try to slow the game down. When the game becomes more chaotic, that's more of an environment in which Dame can thrive in. Dame is playing like the best player in the NBA right now. Period. I mean, even listening to LeBron James after the game, that, that post-game commentary that he gave – like, that wasn't LeBron James as a lion, and we're going to play the sound for people at home to hear that. You know, the first thing that you reference, and I think, Zubin, after we hear it, we can give context to what the question was. Sure. But when you start referencing the fans and, you know, we, it's hard to get that energy, that's not what a lion would say. That's more what? so what a sheep would say. I'm not saying LeBron James, he's one of the best players to ever to play the game. I still have them winning it. But they need to kick this into playoff gear mode, and they need to do it fast. But, Jason. Come on, man. You don't call me by my full government name like that? Come on, though. Seriously. That's how my mama calls me. Now. <laughs> Come on now. You 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 gotta think that for the first time in not only LeBron's career, but the rest of the NBA, that have not that the Portland Trailblazers have been on the floor. They just came off the floor a couple nights ago getting rid of Memphis. And when you look at that, the Lakers have already clinched. This environment that they're in isn't you know, something that they're used to. And when the playoffs They've been there come, for two months. Yeah, but it's different, though. Man, you know the playoff environment so is different than the regular. It's different for Portland, too. And, but it's different it's, for every there, other team in the bubble, n- too. There's no question about that. But when you come in from sitting around, chilling, after you clinch, and now you got to get going again when Portland's already rolling, it's difficult. Keyshawn. I'm just telling Le- you it's Le- difficult. Le- LeBron James, Anthony Davis, what are they going down well, to the bubble to do? To win. To win a world championship. That's been the ultimate mission from the beginning. So all I'm saying, regardless of whether you say, hey, they've been chilling because they clinched, you don't think LeBron James and company thought about, hey, it's time to kick this into another gear? Yeah, when it's too late. That, well, you just said that. Yeah, when it's too late, they thought about it. Look at the scoreboard. It's like, uh oh, we getting ready to drop this one. It's it, too late, it then. Might, it might be too late. But you got to go back and you got to look at the game plan that you had in store last night. You you had six, seven, six, eight, fours and fives on the floor. You try to take advantage of that. Because Portland has one guy that they can run at three of our bigs. One all, guy. All I'm saying is a month ago on first take, I was battling with Stephen A. Smith. Well, I wasn't on first and Max, take. A month I know ago, you weren't, so. but I said, look, Portland <laughs> has a legitimate chance, and everybody, so many people were hating on me, like, you're an idiot. You don't know what you're talking about. Watch some games. What are you talking about? And all I'm saying is this morning, this team has the algorithm where they can get it done. They can get it done. I'm not saying I see it happening, 
But it's going to be sound one like hell of you, a series. Sound, sound like you got one foot in, one foot out. So if they do it, you'd be like, see, I told you, I told no, you. No, no, no. I said I picked the Lakers. I'm with you on the Lakers. I'm just saying it's going to be a fight. It's going to be a major, major fight. It's going to take a lot of energy out of a team that we. It, you wonder how much gas they have in the tank to get it done, especially if they see well, look, Houston here, in the next round. Do you see the way Houston played last night? Yeah, they, James they, Harden was like, giving buckets to OKC, and Russell wasn't even out. on the floor. Lights out. There's no question. I'm, I'm hoping, and I saw yesterday, well, Rondo was, you know, warming up and looked like he would might take the floor in one of these games. He doesn't help you guys know. shooting five or thirty-two from the three-point line. He don't no, help. He, no, he, he's not. He's he's not consistent, but at least he's a floor general. He could do, he could do some other stuff, and he's a playoff you. Rondo. We dealing with a guy with experience. I like that, right? Who's been in the playoffs not only uh, uh, himself with other players, but also with AD. I see you who, talking yourself you know, into more confidence. I see it. Keep talking. I you, like it. A couple years ago, I don't want to. I don't want to go back a couple years ago because he was in New Orleans, and the first thing you'll tell me it was Drew Holiday that worked Portland. I already know what you're gonna say, but I'm not gonna let you do that to me. Um, he's had some experience of playing against Portland in the playoffs, so certainly could help. The King of the Ring, Tyson Fury, is two minutes away, but first the King himself, LeBron James. Jay referenced it. So exactly what he said after the game when he was asked, "Yeah, it's the playoffs, but there's no fans. It's not a playoff type environment." LeBron didn't really want to use that as an excuse, but he also said. The game plan was fine. We didn't execute it, but there ain't nothing normal about being in this bubble. Like I continue to say, this is different. This is different um, in an aspect of just, I mean, we're in a bubble with no fans. Um, but as far as uh, me being locked in on the game plan, that doesn't change. Not one bit. Um, me uh, going out and making plays, um, playing um, at a high level to try to help our team win, that was the same. Nothing changes from that. Um, you know, so you know, it's the same me. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. How about some straight talk on some of garble talk there from LeBron? Yeah, I'll give you straight talk on this one. LeBron James, <laughs> there's no doubt he is extremely cerebral. He is aware. And, yes, somebody who is, has a heightened sense of awareness, you recognize, oh, the energy is different when you're in the playoffs and there are no fans around. But guess what? When a game's over, you don't say that. You know that. Mixed you message, recognize right? that. Yeah. It's different when you publicly say that. Then people start to say, well, are, are you trying to give me excuses? And the one thing. They're going to do that anyway. I understand. Because people hate on LeBron. And they dislike him. And yeah. they don't say negative stuff just because. I, I understand that. But this, these are the type of things that fuel the detractors that start to compare LeBron James to the Kobe Bryant to the Michael Jordans because those guys didn't say things like that. They didn't. The first thing out of their mouths wasn't about, well, it's a different environment because there's no fans. Like everybody's been in this bubble for two months, Keyshawn. For two months, everybody recognizes that we have virtual fans, that it's piped in loud noises. We recognize that this is a different environment. My thing is, when you play in the playoffs because you lose your first game, so what? We understand it's different. I just, I that would, doesn't count as an excuse, though, and that's what I'm saying. I don't, I don't think it was an excuse. I think he was explaining to whomever answered, asked him a question. I'd like to certainly know the context of that question because – Ask me a question about is it different playing in an arena without fans. Zubin? Zubin asked me. Is it difficult or different to play in an arena without fans? You know what? We Great didn't question. come out here and do what we needed to do tonight. We didn't come out here and do what we, did, we needed to do tonight. We need to be better tomorrow, and we need to have better defensive schemes. Shooting 5 of 32 from the field, we, I need to do more. AD needs to do more. We'll be a different team tomorrow. Speaking of AD, George Sedano, our man on ESPN 710 in L.A., Keys old stomping grounds, basically said, yeah, AD let him in scoring. 
28 points, but his plus minus was terrible. Here's George with more on that. You know what else is inexcusable? Anthony Davis. In 39 minutes and 11 seconds of play today, the Lakers were outscored by 20 points. He is a top five player in the NBA. He's the best big man in the NBA, and he needs to dominate. He wanted the pressure of playing for championships. Now we've got to see him step up to that pressure. That's fair, Keyshawn. That's totally fair. It, it is. I, I don't think it's, you know, look, at the end of the day, they gave him the ball down low at times. What I, what I want to see him do is dunk on somebody down there. Be physical. Play, play big. Play like your size. Too many times in being in L.A. and being around and watching him, he is a big that likes to play small for whatever reasons. He likes to take jump shots. He doesn't like to get down low and bang with the big boys, and I think he can do it, and especially when you got an undersized Portland team mm-hmm. on the floor with you. Just take advantage of it. Keyshawn, you ready for it? Anthony Davis is a top-five talent. He's not a top-five player right now, and we need to all stop saying this. Top-five players in the game right now, LeBron, Giannis, Kawhi, Dame, James Harden. Those are top five players right now. I ain't now. say that, AD. It's okay. I hope AD hears that so he can play like a top five player. We all know that he has the potential to be one of the best we've ever seen as the best big man in the game. All I'm saying is he has not lived up to the expectation. And watching him float around the perimeter last night, when you have Carmelo Anthony guarding you, go give Carmelo Anthony buckets. How old is Carmelo Anthony? He can't guard you. Caruso a top five to me here at Laker. <laughs> the bald eagle, Alex Caruso, shout out. Okay, so Jay said, you got to get ready for it. We're getting ready for the WBC heavyweight champion of the world. It is our pleasure to welcome in Tyson Fury to Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Zubin. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. And the champ joins us on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. Tyson, first things first, there was a time where if you were the heavyweight champion of the world, if you were one of the best boxers in the world, you were one of the most famous people in the world. Muhammad Ali, Joe Frazier, Jack Dempsey, Mike Tyson, whomever, you name it. It's a little bit different now in the boxing world, but what does it mean that you have the words heavyweight boxing champion of the world before your name? It's a great honor. You know, it's a very prestigious thing to be. Uh, Not only am I just a heavyweight champion of the world, I'm the lineal heavyweight champion of the world, which goes back to the days of John L. Sullivan, which goes right back, which means the man who beat the man who beat the man. Uh, Max Kellerman can fill you in more on that if you need to know more information. Um, And I'm also the Ring Magazine heavyweight champion, which means I am the Don of the heavyweight division. (laughs) And as for being the most famous sportsman on the planet, well, I think I may be that person right now. Tyson, you were supposed to fight Wilder this summer. That obviously may not happen due to the coronavirus. What have conversations been like about when and how this fight will officially happen? Well, the thing is at the moment is how long is a piece of string? You know, we've had a world pandemic. Um, it's not been me or Wilder's fault while the fight's not happened this time in the summer. Um, this discussions have been, let's see where, if we can get some live crowds in, when that's going to happen, which is not looking like any time soon, unfortunately. And a fight of this magnitude between me and Deontay, uh, it can't be in a small old venue with no people in the crowd. It's just too big of a fight to, for that to happen. Um, so we're just waiting, looking at December the 18th. That's a, a new date we've got penciled in. We've got, uh, we're trying to speak to the big, big uh, stadium owners like the Raiders Stadium in um, Las Vegas. Also, we're speaking to people in Singapore, uh, Saudi Arabia, um, Australia has been mentioned. There's been a few different destinations where maybe we could have crowds. 
So, yeah, it's an ongoing situation, but hopefully we get it over the line. And I think with me, me and Wilder, it's just like we're fighters. We fight anywhere. It doesn't really matter. And the promoters are there to do their job, and I'm sure they're going to do a fantastic job. Tyson, how serious was your father in wanting to fight Mike Tyson for charity? <laughs> uh, my dad's very serious. Um, my dad trains every single day of his life. He trains two hours a day, 55 years old. He's in great shape. Um, he doesn't fight anybody. He's that type of person. But, you know, Mike Tyson's a legend, a hero, a great, uh, and he's coming back. So, you know, it uh, maybe be a good fight for him to take one of those if he continues his campaign in the division. Tyson, it's been so cool to watch you kind of build the renaissance for the heavyweight division. Uh, there's been a lot of speculation out there, rumors floating around that you may fight Dylan White before you fight Anthony Joshua. How accurate are those rumors? Uh Inaccurate, because I've got to fight Yontay Wilder, which is the second baddest man on the planet, the biggest puncher in boxing history ever. Um, so how can I think about a bum like Dylan White or Anthony Joshua when I've got the, the bronze bomber on my tail gunning for my uh, blood? So where would you rank Anthony Joshua? If Deontay Wilder is the second baddest man on the planet, where's Anthony Joshua? Third. Okay, all right. I was direct. He's in third place, the yeah, I'm Wilder. Uh, me first, second Wilder, <laughs> third AJ, four, um, the Ukrainian guy, um, and five, Dylan White. Wow. What, what if I told you you wasn't one and I put Joshua ahead of you? How, on what merit? There's got to be a merit, surely. He just can't be, argue just, with you, Tyson. He's just trying because, to mess man, just because I just I want to put him in one. I want you to prove yourself. I don't have to prove myself. I'm the lineal leading long-range champion for five years. Um, undefeated. These guys have been beat. There's only one undefeated champion, and he goes by the name of the Gypsy King. He used to be a free-headed monster until the other two monsters get slain by the Slayer. Mm. The heavyweight dragon slayer is me, Tyson Fury, Gypsy King. But, Tyson, what if, I, what if I look at the record and I say you fought a bunch of tomato cans, then what? Listen, you can have your opinion, but it means nothing because facts are facts. And I beat the only two undefeated long-reigning champions, only the second man in history behind Muhammad Ali to beat two champions with more than 10 defenses under the belt. Tyson Fury is joining us on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, presented by Progressive Insurance. Uh, Tyson, when you said me first, you should have seen the smile on Key's face because you guys were like long-lost brothers with that level of confidence. I want to ask you right now, for fans that have sort of gravitated from boxing to UFC and UFC and the sort of cut it's made into the general sports fan, you are the lineal heavyweight champion. Right now you are at the top of the mountain in the sweet science. Where is boxing right now? Boxing's on a very high note, and before uh, this epidemic came along, boxing was flowing very, very well. But obviously, this world thing, pandemic that's gone on, has sort of slowed everything down, not just in boxing, but in life in general. Everybody doesn't know where we are at the moment with it all. Um, So, you know, we've just got to see what goes on. WBC heavyweight champion Tyson Fury on the Shell Pennzoil performance line, brought to you by Shell V-Power Nitro Plus Premium Gasoline. I know Jay asked you about your father and Tyson for charity. What do you make of the fact, though, that Tyson wants to just come back, period, whether this is a one-night thing or not? He still is, to many people, the most recognizable boxing name they know. 
Yeah, of course. Listen, Mike Tyson's a legend in the game, isn't he? And at 55 years old, 53 years old, um, he's a little bit along with the tooth for it. But then again, who is anybody to say, don't follow your dreams and don't follow your heart? You know, if you want to do something in your own mind, he's put the work and dedication. He's in fantastic shape. He obviously still feels like he's got a lot to offer. So I support Mike in anything he does. You know, I'm named after him. Guy's a legend. I love him. Um, and that's it. You know, if he wants to come back and do some boxing, then fair play to him. He's an inspiration to all men, isn't he, at that age? Tyson, how long are you going to keep going in boxing before you hang up the gloves? Until I can't box anymore. You know, I, I love boxing. I don't do it for any specific reason other than I absolutely love it, live and breathe it. It's all I've ever done in my life from being a child up until being a man 32 last week, a couple of days ago, actually. Um, so, yeah, I continue to do boxing until I can't do it anymore, just like all the greats did. You know, Joe Lewis, Muhammad Ali, Rockstar, all these guys, they all boxed and boxed and boxed. Even Floyd Mayweather at his age, he's on about boxing again. Mike Tyson's back, Roy Jones is back. Once you get the boxing bug, it's almost very difficult to get rid of it, ever. I can't wait to fight you. <laughs> is we this going to happen? Can we, get, <laughs> can we get some kind of fight here, Tyson, between you and Keyshawn Johnson? We need to make this happen. 100%. 100%. Let's make it happen. You know, all the time you see these celebrities or sports people fighting each other. We could maybe do it for charity yeah. in aid of uh, in aid of mental health and COVID nineteen. Why not? And you, but you're gonna have to get on your knees to box me, though. I'm gonna stand right. You got to get on your knees, so I have to have the advantage. <laughs> I can't stand on my knees, but what I can do is put one hand behind me back. No, I pass. Tyson, it take one body blow, and he'll be crying. <laughs> I'll he'll pass. be run to the bathroom to pee. I'm way smarter than that. (laughs) It's great to have you here, Tyson. Your perspective on history, where do you stand currently, but recognizing the legends of the past and recognizing an opportunity to get in the ring with Keyshawn is something we'll always remember. We're going to hold you to that. We'll see if we can figure it out. Really appreciate you joining us this morning, your sense of humor and your skill, one of the greats that's ever stepped into the ring. Uh, Tyson, thank you very much. Thanks, Tyson. Thank you very much, guys. God bless you. Have a fantastic day, and I'll see you all soon. I wish all of our guests were like that. Keyshawn Johnson, Jay Williams, Zubin Mahenti. This man said he fought a bunch of tomato cans. (laughs) (laughs) He was trying to spark them up, weren't you? That's what they do in boxing. Tomato cans? No, I'm saying Have you ever boxed? Do you box? No. Uh, I mean, for workout stuff I did, but no, I'm not. We're gonna Look have to at start. Face. We're gonna have to start sparring in Brooklyn, pretty, man. Pretty face, man. I'm not doing that. I can already see a top rank on ESPN: Johnson versus Fury. All these sports center segments, getting it ready to go. Still to come. If unwritten rules were necessary, they wouldn't be written down, right? Baseball's best insider on something that's rocking the game. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about Electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus. Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again. 
by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Let's bring in Jeff Passan, ESPN MLB Senior Insider, the best insider in the game. So, Jeff, throughout the morning, we've been sitting here and talking about the Fernando Tatis situation, the Grand Slam during the route, swiping the bag during a six-run lead, and people are losing their minds over this because of the unwritten rules of our national pastime. What are your thoughts on this? First off, gentlemen, congratulations. I hope you are having a wonderful time. I cannot wait to uh, continue to appear on this show, and I'm really happy to be here for the first time. Uh, I'm going to disagree with you for a second, Zubin. You said Major League Baseball does not like this. I think Major League Baseball loves this because finally baseball is in the national conversation. And it's amazing to me that it takes... Fernando Tatis swinging on a 3-0 pitch with a seven-run lead. It takes benches clearing. We can't just have a performance like Damian Lillard's or a performance like Patrick Mahomes to thrust Major League Baseball into the national landscape. But at least this was with somebody of Fernando Tatis's ilk. At least this was from somebody who's 21, who is incredibly joyful when he plays, who has a ton of style. Like, I listen, I went to the Dominican, uh, Dominican Republic this offseason to do an ESPN cover story on Fernando Tatis. I know him. I know what he brings to the game. I know how exciting he is. And if anybody was going to do this and be in the middle of this controversy or non-troversy as it is, he's the right guy to have in there because he is the guy that you want to be promoting in this game. Jeff, then why some pushback from some of the old guards? Is it just because they're stuck in <laughs> time warp? Yeah, listen, old heads are going to old head. Like, that's <laughs> just the reality of the situation. And in baseball, they happen to have a larger voice sometimes than some of the younger players. It's just institutionalized in the game. You don't talk until you've had years in the game. You respect the game. And part of respecting the game, apparently, is looking at the score and saying, no, 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 you know, we're going to take our foot off the gas here. But you look at what Reggie Jackson said yesterday. Keep swinging. You look at what Johnny Bench said keep swinging. These are two, like, not just Hall of Famers, but no doubt Hall of Famers. You know, Johnny Bench is the best catcher, arguably, ever to play baseball. Reggie Jackson is literally called Mr. October. 
And, and when those guys are saying, you know what, this is okay, we need to move on from this notion that swinging when Fernando Tatis Jr. did is a bad thing, is not a bad thing, then let's just move on. I know it's going to take more time, guys. There are going to be more of these arguments. But a decade from now, I think these unwritten rules that have been studded through baseball throughout its history are just going to be almost erased. And we're not going to be having these discussions and arguments anymore. Okay, that's fine. I'll, I'll, take, that one. I'll take that one and run with it. But when you look at the expectations and the realistic expectations of the bubble in baseball, what are the challenges if that's moving forward? I mean, there are a lot of challenges. You know, it, it's challenging keeping people inside of the type of bubble that Major League Baseball wants to do. This is not like the NBA bubble where it's essentially a self-contained city. Major League Baseball is going to be more like the NHLs where it's going to have hub a couple of hub cities. And, you know, the favorites are looking like San Diego and Arlington, Texas at this point. But uh, L.A. is possibly in it. New York, Chicago and Milwaukee. You know, there are different possibilities right now as they try to map this whole thing out. As we've seen with baseball players, it's not just Mike Clevenger and uh, Zach Plesak with the Cleveland Indians. Certainly other players have run afoul of the protocol that's in place and gone out. Uh, in a baseball bubble in October, you're not going to be allowed to go out. That's just the reality. It's going to be a more restrictive environment. And when you have a more restrictive environment, players are likelier to uh, have backlash, whether it's out loud or it's silent and, and passive aggressive and just trying to sneak out down the street just to see if you can. But I think MLB and the players are starting to recognize, guys, that in order for the postseason to really, truly have some sanctity, you got to have a bubble. Because if, it, look, there was one coronavirus case right now on the Cincinnati Reds. Didn't play Saturday, didn't play Sunday, uh, didn't reschedule those games for Monday, didn't play Tuesday. It's four days off right now with one case. And if that happens during the playoffs, it screws everything up and nobody wants that to happen. Nobody wants... October to potentially be in peril because of even one or two cases. Yeah, hopefully the MLB bubble doesn't have any lemon pepper chicken wing situations. Um, but as it relates to Michael <laughs> Clevenger, Honest, honestly, part of me, part of me, part of me hopes that it does though, just because we need as many lemon pepper chicken situations. Oh my as we goodness! Can. No Come legs on. and thighs. No legs and thighs, man. I, I do want to ask you as it relates to Michael Clevenger and Zach Plesac, uh Provide me some context on you know a potential player opting out as it relates to the Indians. Yeah, uh, it was interesting. The Indians, uh, boy, it's been almost a week right now. Um, that Clevenger, it's been more than a week since Clevenger and, and Plesak have been gone. They were put on the restricted list at first, and then they went to Detroit to meet up with Indians teammates and essentially ask their way back onto the team. Uh, Jay, that didn't go well. Uh, the meeting was full of anger. It was full of yelling. Uh, some players felt like Clevenger and Police Act were not taking proper accountability because uh, not only did Police Act go out in Chicago, then come back to the hotel and get caught by a security agent, Clevenger did not come back at all. 
And then when confronted about it before they got on the flight or on the flight, uh, some Indians players believe he just straight up lied to them. And, and that breach of trust really did not sit well to the point where Oliver Perez, the uh, longtime left-hander, uh, said, if these guys stick around, I'm done. I'm leaving. Mm. And look, in the grand scheme of things, Mike Clevenger and Zach Plesak mean more to the Cleveland Indians because of their age and talent than Oliver Perez. But Oliver Perez wasn't the only player who is thinking this way. And the Indians weren't thinking about the long term here. They're thinking about right now. And they're thinking about uh, the way that something like this could fracture their clubhouse. Jeff, and, if, and if, I was going to ask you, Jeff, if you're a guy like Carrasco, right, who's obviously he's a leukemia survivor. Carlos Carrasco. Yes, a leukemia survivor. Like, what kind of situation does that put you in? I mean, take me into that insight. Would you, would you play? Would you opt out? You, you put me at such a disadvantage, you know, of you guys kind of being so reckless. I mean, if I'm Carlos Carrasco, I don't know if I would have played in the first place. But when he came back, he was saying, I trust my teammates. I trust that they're going to look out for me. I trust that uh, Chris Antonetti, the president of baseball operations, and Terry Francona, uh, the manager, are going to take care of me. And so, especially, like if there's any clubhouse in baseball that needed to do it the right way, it was the Cleveland Indians. If, if for no other reason, then we know that people who have pre-existing conditions are uh, at more risk for uh, troublesome coronavirus cases. And uh, when when what happened with the Indians happened with the Indians, I think that was a really interesting point in their season where they could have absolutely lost the clubhouse or or come together as a team. And I think they're trying to use this as a way to come together. The question now, Jay... Can Mike Clevenger come back to this team with the trade deadline coming up? Are the Indians going to be shopping him out there? And if so, what are they going to get for him? Because he's a really good pitcher. Like, that's the thing about it. He is an all-star caliber pitcher when he's out there. He's a guy who's had a sub-3 ERA in aggregate for three years running now. That's impressive. That's difficult to do. So... For a player of his talent, you're not just going to dump him. Like, there needs to be something coming back in return. But it will not be commensurate with what it would have been before this. No question about it. The Major League Baseball trade deadline is August 31st. MLB Snapshot presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who save with Progressive save over $750. That's baseball's best insider, Jeff Passan. Real quick, I just looked it up. Lou Will Lemon Pepper Barbecue Wings, 10-piece, 15 bucks at Magic City. So just That's a good deal. If you happen to make it down there. Uh, <laughs> this is not a company-issued phone. By the way, this is my personal cell phone. Sports okay, Center. I see you, Z. I, I see you pulling up the city. <laughs> Don't let Zubin the accountant fool you now. <laughs> Sports Center brought to you by Shell. Live sports are back, just like the rest of us. We're all getting back on the road, stopping at a friend's place to watch the game. We're stopping to grab a bite at our favorite spot, safely and socially distant, of course. And between those stops, there's always Shell to help you make the most of the stop you need to make. Still to come, the Celtics are going from a big three to a big two. So what do you do about the guy that's making $34 million next year that doesn't fit in to that big do? We'll talk about it.
Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Celtics over the Sixers in game one. You just heard Embiid say, got to do more. Game two tonight, 6.30 p.m. Eastern. It's the third straight day. We've had an NBA playoff quadruple header. We'll start it with the Nets and the Raptors at 1.30 Eastern. Jazz and Nuggets after a great game one at 4 p.m. Eastern. And then we'll end the night. Mavericks, Clippers at 9 Eastern. You can hear that game on ESPN Radio. He said Luka, remember, coming off 42 in his first NBA playoff game, those Celtics highlights, courtesy of 98.5, the Sports Hub. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Cover all your bases with Straight Talk Wireless. Get the same networks as big carriers, only pay up to 50% less. Get the unlimited plan with 25 gigs of high-speed data, then 2G for just 45 bucks a month. Only at Walmart. Savings may vary. See terms and conditions at straighttalk.com. Here's some Straight Talk. Gordon Hayward's contract with the Celtics nearly $128 million. It was a five-year deal. It's $127 million in change, although that's some significant money, so I don't want to just call it change. Bottom line, they wanted to build around him. But you may recall the first quarter of the first game he ever played for the Boston Celtics, he suffered a gruesome, catastrophic left leg injury in a game in Cleveland, and he's been sort of trying to get back since that moment. But since that moment... Jason Tatum has exploded onto the scene. Jalen Brown has exploded onto the scene. Jalen just got paid in a huge way. And now it sort of feels like, Key, that maybe Gordon Hayward, who is central to their plans, has sort of moved to the side a little bit as the Seas try to go with these two guys in search of their NBA record 18th championship. But but were they trying to build around him or were they just a lot of adding money. a piece a lot of that money, cost though, a lot of money? I think that... I think me personally, and you could chime in here, Jay, is that they paid a guy in free agency to come aboard to be a piece of something, but not necessarily build around him. Whenever you have a lower injury, a lower body injury, 
you tend to continue to get lower body injuries. I mean, this is obviously another freak accident, bodies all around, so you twist something. But for whatever reason that is, once something happens to your lower body, you try and compensate at times. So sometimes it, it weakens certain parts of the lower body. It's just you know, unfortunate for him. Hopefully he comes back healthy. Uh, they're still in it when he gets back because he's a hell of a player. And he could continue to have his career. Real quick, Jerry, I just wanted to mention the most recent injury that Key's talking about is a sprained ankle that's maybe going to keep him out yes. four weeks. So he had that injury on day one, which was gruesome, came back, and then in game one of the series, grade three ankle sprain could be out four weeks, which probably would put him out for the first two rounds. There was no doubt that Danny Ainge got him for Gordon Hayward to be the guy. Gordon mm-hmm. Hayward was a beast when he was in Utah. He was destroying everybody. Uh, obviously having that injury, but then Danny Ainge, the beautiful thing about the way he leads that organization, he keeps building. Every single day he is competitive. And that, it still blows my mind that they traded down with the Philadelphia 76ers from the third pick in order to get Jason Tatum. The 76ers could have had Jason Tatum on their team, and they took Markel Fultz. Now, when you think about Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, those are the two cornerstones of this franchise moving forward. Jason Tatum, I watched him four years ago, Zubin, when he was coming into Duke. It was a hot summer day. He was going against Jabari Parker, who was a top pick in the NFL draft, or NBA draft around that time. And when I tell you for an hour he was giving Jabari Parker the business, that would be an understatement. It was all NBA caliber moves, too. Catch, reverse pivot, one dribble, put down, step backs. He had the whole arsenal, and now what we're watching is he's the electricity, and then Jalen Brown is the glue. He's one of the best two-way players in the game of basketball right now. They certainly have a, a bright future and with a lot of, a lot of you know, flexibility to move pieces around and get more bodies if they choose to do so. But you're right about Tatum being able to see the foresight and say to themselves, we like him more than we like Markel Fultz, more than we like Lonzo Ball. And they sat right there and got the guy that they coveted, I guess, the entire time. Here we are. we got another quadruple header today. Like I mentioned, the game on the way out the door, the final one, is going to be game two between the Clippers and the Mavericks. You mentioned Luka 42. I'm a Clippers fan tonight, just so that y'all know. (laughs) Okay. We just need Porzingis not to get another technical foul and get kicked out. Very first playoff game, Luka scores 42, says he played terrible. Very first playoff (laughs) game, Porzingis gets thrown out, doesn't even get to see the end of the game. We'll see what happened. Key with those memories of the Clippers playing at the old sports arena, one of his favorite buildings <laughs> of all time. Just a reminder, Keyshawn Johnson, Jay Williams, Zubin Mahenti with you here on ESPN Radio. Still to come. For years, Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers had a frosty relationship. Now, Favre a little sympathetic towards A-Rod. We'll talk about that on ESPN Radio at the top of the hour. We're now on ESPN2. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. You can hear the show live weekdays at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, or wherever you stream your audio.